G'day blokes and sheilers, welcome to Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike, joining me as always is AJ and Jonathan Astro. Hey, hey, oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. AJ. So, you, okay. Hi, AJ. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys need to go paper, scissors, rock, like before the show to, to figure out who's going to say hello first. I feel like I waited then. I was waiting to no, see. No, no, I was loading. I was, I was going, okay, say something great. And then I was like, <laughs> nothing happened. Whereas anyway. I, whereas I didn't give a fuck. I just went, ah. <laughs> AJ, AJ, what did you do for Australia Day? Nothing. Oh. Isn't that what everybody does? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do anything. There you go. (laughs) It's just a holiday. You just do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Well, it's it's an awkward day. We spoke about it last week on uh, on Mm. the other pod. And, um, you know, I just like seeing the awkwardness of people. Someone did that thing to me the other day. They were like, it was the day before, and they go, "Oh, have a have a good a, a day day off tomorrow." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, get this, get this. Venga went to the tennis. Uh, was it on Australia Day? Yes, it was. She went to the tennis on Australia Day, and um, she, I think, and, and she went with a friend of hers, but some other friends that she didn't really know that well, and um, so friends of friends. And I think she said, "Oh, you know what a classic thing to do on Australia Day." Go to the tennis, you sure. know, the Australian Open, and then one of the, one of the ladies just looks looks over at her and goes, "I don't celebrate Australia Day." Well, you've got oh, the day nice. off. You didn't work, so by default, you are. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Well, uh, we celebrated uh, this momentous day by watching <laughs> a documentary uh, film. I think it's a documentary about uh, the experiences of women. Is that? How you would describe this film, AJ? Or? <laughs> I mean, you're in this world. I'm not. I don't know. I, this is what I assume goes on. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. Whenever I'm not in the room. So we watched Felicity from 1970. Well, hang on, hang on. Before we get to that, I've got my poem. I've got my Australian poem. For you. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I fucking love this poem section. Uh, okay, go on. <laughs> go on. So it should be be a regular thing then. I think maybe. so. Oh, I like okay. it. Okay. Get you, you know, just um, lawyer up. Come on. (laughs) I think I hear the sounds of then and people talking, the scenes recalled by minute movement and songs they fall from the backing tape, that certain texture, that certain smell, to lie in sweat on familiar sheets, in brick veneer on financed beds, in a room of silent hardy flex, that certain texture, that certain smell, brings home the heavy days, brings home the nighttime swell, out on the patio we sit. And the humidity we breathe. We'd watch the lightning crack over cane fields, laugh and think, this is Australia. Mm. Don't, you think, don't you think they sort of, in a way, they sort of ruin it by saying, this is Australia? <laughs> <laughs> like like they, they do all this, you know, this this, this, this amazing you know, building of imageries, compounding, mm. and then they go, by the way, this is Australia. And you go, no shit, man. <laughs> No well, shit. I guess, may, 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 you know, to us it's Australia, but maybe you have to spell it out for the US audience. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you, it's in a brochure perhaps, but a song? <laughs> anyway, that song, um, don't you think it's, it's yeah, it's been, sort of been ruined by advertising and stuff? <laughs> well, it, it was on a famous Coke ad when we were growing up in the yeah. 90s. I, I still remember that ad. It had like cane fields on fire and stuff like that. V- very Queensland. 
mm. li- literal, like just <laughs> everything that they say happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they were on a patio and they were sitting, and you know, uh, as it should be. Don't don't deviate <laughs> from the formula. Meet Felicity. She's the world's cheekiest, spunkiest, sexiest new girl, and she's got a story to tell you. Felicity as she takes you to Hong Kong and a very different world of sights that a tourist never sees. What is this place? Don't be afraid. We're going to take a bath. We never had before. Felicity and her beautiful Asian friend will take you into a world of oriental bathhouses and softly scented delights and in among the junk people, the bars and the sometimes seamier side of life in their quest for pleasure. Felicity finds love in the strangest places and always plenty of volunteers to teach her more. I want us to make love together. She realizes from the beginning that there's more to love than meets the eye. And you'll realize there's more to Felicity than meets the eye too. What are you wearing under that dress? Just suspenders and panties. Take them off. It's not actually what she does that's very different, but it's just where she does it that's eye-popping. Aren't you gay? Come in here. Why not let Felicity do it for you? All right, Felicity, tell me about it. Okay, well, Felicity, 1978. As I say, it's a, it's a documentary. Uh, or, at least, or at least a docu- docudrama, I think. A very, very realistic portrayal directed by John D. Lamond. Uh, yeah, budget, let's quickly talk budget first. Budget, $170,000. So oh, wow. 1978. Box office, 532000 Um, So that was just, a, you know, what we know as uh, from online. But that would have been a significant figure uh, converted for today. It, it sold very well overseas, didn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It was had a, had a very popular. Um, uh, I mean, they were speaking the language of love, so <laughs> you know. I think. But um, all right. Well, let's knock off uh, uh, the synopsis first, shall we? Uh, so I'll, I'll. This is what happens in in Felicity. So as I say, this important docudrama follows Felicity Robinson, played by Gloria Annan, a Catholic schoolgirl exploding into womanhood with a plum. Uh, a fan of the story of O and Emmanuel. She desperately wants to have a sexual odyssey of her own. And uh, to be honest with you, we, we want to watch her achieve their goals. Um, so Felicity's father uh, arranges for her to expand her horizons in Hong Kong, you know, back when it was a fun and sexy place and not ruled by communist overlords. Um, um, after filleting a Mars bar, uh, <laughs> her <laughs> awakening begins on the plane trip when she spies a couple having sex in full view on the plane. Um, Felicity uh, stays with an irresponsible pair of groomers called uh, Christine and Stephen, uh, who seem keen for this teen girl to really get amongst it, uh, with Christine even saying to her at one point, you you can't stay innocent in Hong Kong for very long, whatever whatever that means. So uh, it sounds very ominous. So the groomers organise a little poolside get-together where they introduce her to Andrew, a rich old man who whisks her away, uh, almost immediately, and nails her unrepentantly on his expensive car. Uh, the authorities are not called, AJ. 
Uh, Christine then introduces Felicity to a local woman called Mi Ling, who proceeds to introduce her to a range of new pleasures. First, she takes her to an after-hours massage parlor for what I believe is termed a body slide. Um, <laughs> this is the hardest synopsis to get through. <laughs> 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 I'm really struggling. <laughs> so anyway, that's an industry term. Uh, don't know where I heard it. Uh, don't ask. The body slide, that's what it's called. Uh, next, the girls pop along to a seedy-looking barge filled with sex pests and johns, uh, a place in which one can indulge in uh, as one pleases. And while Felicity is watching Mi Ling have sex with a stranger, a man sneaks up behind her and nails her while she's perving on Mi Ling. So uh, it's, you know, a very... Um, uh, uh, interesting scene. <laughs> uh, after this charming jaunt, Felicity is jumped by local thugs and rescued on a motorcycle by Australian Miles, uh, an action photographer uh, who she begins a torrid affair with. Felicity falls in love with the man, which is the problem because he's leaving for a job soon. Totally lovesick, Felicity does what needs to be done, uh, which is have sex with Mi Ling. Uh, after that, she decides to track down Miles because uh, he's off to his job and when she finds him, he has been struck down by a snake bite. <laughs> um, but don't worry, he gets better rather quickly. And um, this is a flesh wound. And then the pair sort of round out Felicity's sexcapades with some some beach nudism. Um, and then the credits roll. <laughs> uh, AJ, did you know anything about this movie when you? No. Okay. I did not. This was, this was a movie, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Ricky, had you seen this movie? Oh, yeah, a few times. Yeah, right. No, not really. <laughs> no, I hadn't seen it at all. I just wanted to freak AJ out. I did, I did have that feeling when I watched it, though, that, that it was one of those ones where I was like, oh, like, you know, so do, we do ride the line. And then I, when, it, when it was getting going, I was like, oh, so this is really just a softcore porn film. And like, yeah. Like I, I've just gotten everyone like collectively to watch it and talk about it. <laughs> boners, boners together. <laughs> you know. I kept on asking Frank if he had a boner at multiple points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's a good look. You know, to talk about the positives then. So, what were the, there was a lot of hot scenes in this. You know, perhaps we can talk about the difference between you know, the, the genre sexploitation or erotic art film, whatever we want to call this. Uh, but I thought there was a lot uh, that, you know, because one of the strengths of this genre is it it's it's not hardcore pornography, you know, and it's not uh, filled with, you know, juicy close-ups. It's, 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 it's sort of, um, I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess you'd, you'd call it, uh, it's, there is an air of, of, fantasy or mystery about it like it's all you know like it's not it it, it lacks that hard edge <laughs> that you get on the interwebs <laughs> mm. you know like there's something i don't know Soft it's, it's definitely an old school uh genre isn't it you, you don't mm. really find movies like this anymore do you or maybe i'm just not aware of them but no well I, that's the it's, it's such a strange thing because it really had its moment in in We'd, we'd have to say in the you know the 70s because it almost went mainstream didn't it it did well look there's a couple of things basically 
you know, I mean, it's obviously we watched a, a documentary, or, or maybe you guys watched part of it, or whatever. There's a a, a, a sexploitation documentary by, done by Frank Hennenlotter, uh, uh called "That Sexploitation," which gives you a bit of a background of of the birth of of these kinds of films. You know, we've talked about Russ Meyer before, but it goes all the way back. You know, pretty much as soon as the camera was invented, people were were filming naked women. And uh, then they would sort of trot them around, but but in the in the more commercial set setting, um, you know, obviously Hollywood became very uh, conservative from the you know the forties and fifties and sixties uh, because of the Hayes Code. They had a a, a code, a self imposed code that was that was uh, made by a man called William Hayes, which in which everyone had to. Uh, adhere to and there was a re- there was a bunch of, of of really odd rules that everyone had to follow but obviously um you know nudity sex and all that i mean couples couldn't even sleep in the same bed so it was a really really weird but then the dam broke you know in, in somewhere in the in the 60s and we started getting these films like russ meyer made uh you know started making his stuff and then uh we get at the same time as these sort of erotic films are happening i mean john lamont the directors talked about uh, you know the European influences, Emmanuel and and you know the story of O, uh, being being his influence. So obviously Europe has always had a. They don't have this code. So like when you watch Metropolis from the 30s or whatever, it's got titties in it, and you and you go. I mean, well actually, some American stuff was writing pretty close at that time anyway. But if you watch European stuff, it's they don't have that code, so they, they, they don't have to follow that. So Europe's obviously free of sex, and so he's drawing drawing from this sort of Europe this art film. But at the same time, in the 70s. You know, Andy Warhol was was bringing. Uh, I mean, it was the birth of pornography as we know it today. Like he, so I got a great quote from uh, 1969. Andy Warhol makes a film called Blue Movie, and um, and sort of births what's called porno chic because uh, it almost went mainstream. Like so, he he said this about uh, making Blue Movie. I'd always wanted to do a movie that was pure fucking, nothing else. The way the way eat had just been had had been just eating and sleep had just been sleeping. So in 1968, I shot a movie of Viva having sex with Lewis Walden. I called it just fuck. <laughs> 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 so so there's this sort of parallel uh, type of movement that's going on as well, like because pornography really, I think, in the end, does kill this type uh this type of film that we've we've just watched you know what i mean like there's something there's a difference between felicity and you know uh, and Warhol, what he's trying to do because i mean the you know one of the great there's so many different movies in this tradition like like in the graphic tradition there's a japanese movie called in the realm of the senses it's one of the best movies you're ever going to see and and it's just it's got actual unsimulated sex in it and so and it was it was a, a, a an art film you know and and had international success and the rest of it so well i'll wrap it up by just by saying that like you know there was a a a point where it could have gone either way where pornography actually could have it was being talked about in by mainstream people and by artists and all that being incorporated and all of that and then it sort of went the other way where it was like pushed underground again and and well you know put onto videotape by the by 1980 and the rest of it yeah wasn't that a direct result of videotape yeah, videotape and but they had but the but the exhibitors you know they had they, the people have got their conspiracy hat on. They're saying, well, there was a point where, you know, they, people could have just stood their ground and said, well, we don't care what whoever the powers that be or whatever. We don't care what anyone thinks. But they didn't. They went, okay, well, we we won't go all over. The, we won't go over the edge, and we won't have, you know, last tango in Paris. I think is probably <laughs> as close uh, to what we get. You know, that that's more in the 
in the tradition of the art film like so so there's like so when you look at it, it's hard to describe you know but there's you can see these these lines these like these electric wires and and if you want to make felicity you've got to sort of like not trip any of them i guess you know because um but then again maybe maybe john lamont was just trying to push push it as far as he could and this is what he got mm. Yeah, like he couldn't do. He couldn't show a butt going up and down. You know, you've got to show. You've got to have that writhing that people do in these kind of these seventies movies. You know, mm. nude writhing, and you're like, wow, that looks like really frictionless <laughs> sex. <laughs> so, anyway, it is. It is a really weird uh, experience because the yeah, that just there's just something weird about about all, all the aspects of it. Like yeah, so the sex is kind of a bit weird because it's not entirely natural and then the way whatever filter they've used on it to make it look a bit hazy or dreamy is weird and then the dialogue is weird and implausible and it's just terrible you're watching it you're like what am i watching come on jenny let's get wet (laughs) (laughs) i wrote that down of course you did of course you did Come on, Jenny, let's get uh, wet. Who says that when they're about to go in for a swim? Um, yeah. Felicity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when <laughs> when the, the guy and the kid uh, yes. curve on them and the guy goes, come on, check it out or whatever, and then he's go- like the kid goes, ah, and then the guy <laughs> makes a really weird sound. He goes, ah, like <laughs> yeah. some horrible guttural <laughs> thing. Yeah. Is this a movie you're supposed to watch with your partner at the cinema? Yes. Absolutely. Remember, so he'd done a, a range of these films, Australia After Dark, um, the ABCs of Sex or whatever. These were, just like Album Purple, popular with uh, men and women. So obviously they're probably more the date movie or whatever, but it's it's set up to, to look, I mean, he talks about it. He talks about, you know, wanting to make uh, the film not, not uh, seedy. So I've just got a little quote here from him on this. So he says, I loved the Emmanuel films. Uh, uh, there are the there are the two two great loves of my life, film wise. The Orient and France. <laughs> yeah, I go to France. There's beautiful food, lovely uh, culture, art, paintings, and I love the music in France. I also love the fact that they're able to able to do when people were doing what were called pornographic films. The French have always been able to make their films not be pornographic. They're very erotic. Uh, they were classy. The most they could ever say was softcore, and the way they did it, they made uh, pretty images that looked like Singapore Airlines TV commercials. They had nice fashion, good photography, and nice music. He used the word "nice" a lot, and the and the way it dresses, uh, the way it dresses it up, makes it all look chocolate boxy. Uh, because they did it, oh, they did it with the story of O, and they did it with First Emmanuel. So uh, basically, he's saying that um, he, he wants it to be exotic and pretty, and and you know, uh, and not be sordid. I guess that that's mm-hmm. the that's what he's going for. That's what he describes as, as separating it, making it ero- an erotic film rather than, or even maybe it is. It's an erotic film rather than a sexploitation film or a uh, um, a pornographic film. Mm. Like you'd say, you'd go okay. Uh, in the realm, uh, well, that, but then it's fucked up because in the realm of the senses is is it's a it's an art film, but it is but it has pornographic what we would call pornographic elements in it. Whereas there's no pornography in this really. There's that famous quote of that was what is it that that is it, that justice or whatever he said like you know uh, I, I don't I don't ask him for a definite he can't define pornography but he knows it when he sees it you know. I saw Stephen and I knew he was out there watching me. 
It gave me a new thrill and pleased me to know that he found me attractive. So I let him watch, and even moved my body to a position where he would be able to see it better, but not know that I was aware of him. Well, are we saying this is not pornography because you don't see penetration? Well, that's what I would I would say. Uh, well, no, and and because that's that's the thing. People have argued about this this forever. Like you know, some people absolutely would call this pornography. But because you see, you see everything, but you know, I mean, yeah, there's but- so much bush in this. A lot of fucking bush. I want to watch it again <laughs> and drink. I would be shit faced <laughs> by the time the film finished. If you if you had a bush game, like yeah. you were like whenever there's so much beaver in it. I just as a side note, we'll come back to pornography in a second, but I have to I said it last week. I think the, that Bush should come back in a big way. And I know that's controversial. I'm not saying all the time. Uh, you know why I think it's it, it's it's great? Because it's obscene. It's come back and it's now full circle. It's obscene. And I'm like, so I don't want it because it's natural and and you know, and feminism and that. I want it because it, it's it's obscene and <laughs> Naughty and dirty, and that is always what we should be doing in the bedroom. <laughs> there's that scene, there's that sort of lesbian scene where me, Ling, uh, and 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 Felicity are sort of in silhouette, and and you just see the bush in profile, wall of bush, and like, it's like sticking yeah. out a good two inches. You yeah. Know? All right, here we go. So the interweb says printed or visual material containing the explicit description or display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate sexual ins- sexual excitement so it's about the intent but then again it's a porno then well it is a porno by that by that but it says similar erotica and you go really so pornography like so but i guess this is this is you know we live in an era that they couldn't imagine though like we live in an era where you could be sitting in a marketing meeting and looking at Pornhub when everyone thinks that you're looking at a spreadsheet. Yes. You could yeah. be looking at, at you know, the, at stuff that would make their heads explode mm. back then, you know. So they didn't have, they didn't, like, with, with that off the table, you go, oh, well, anything that's left is pornography. So you say if, if um, you know, ECU of a beaver is uh, <laughs> off the table, then, you know, just people being naked and touching nipples and stuff. But then again, you know, maybe I'm just, maybe my brain is broken. Maybe my brain is broken with porn and uh, this probably, you know, because back then you would look at this and go, and go, that is, you know, that is like, you know, an actual porn, porn film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think <laughs> I think it's as, it's as close as you can get. Without Definitely. showing penetration. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. And, um, I mean, look, you know, it was, uh, it's, it, I think it has the intended effect, you know. Like, <laughs> Chummies all around, is that <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> well, if you watched this movie and nothing happened, call the paramedic. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Mm. You should at least have a chubs. <laughs> nothing like, put it this way, uh, you know, with lines like this, uh, Andrew, the rich guy, says to Felicity, he says, uh, you know, take your panties or whatever, and he, he says, nothing will happen that you won't enjoy. I want you bare-assed on the leather. Yeah. <laughs> One of my personal favourites. Great line. Yeah. A good line is a good line. He also tells her, he also says, uh, do what I say. Oh, that's Ooh. a big no-no. So here's that, that's, not, that's not leaning in. <laughs> you know, Cheryl Sandberg stuff. Like that's, you know, 
What are you wearing under that dress? Just suspenders and panties. Take them off. What? Do as I say. Now the panties. How would you bear arsed on the leather? Well, do you remember that guy? Uh, maybe this was just a, a WA thing. Uh, but that that actor, he was in all the RAC ads. Oh, yes. The RAC commercials. The for... RAC is the uh, roadside assistance. Triple A in America. Yeah, and, and yeah. they do they do insurance for your car as well. And he for years, years he was on, on the TV doing that. I liked him more in this. <laughs> yeah. He had a more <laughs> impressive moustache in this one. Oh, the moustache was epic. Mm, it was quite the worm broom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk about the creepy couple that she stays with in Hong Kong. Okay, go on. Christine and Stephen. They are the creepiest creeps. <laughs> They're like um th- stay away from the husband. Talk about the wife. Well, the wife, she she and, and Mei Ling actually they, they are like Ghislaine Maxwell, pretty much. You know, they're just they're just What? Just that what? They they're helpful. They're right? just Don't grooming they? her for well, um, they know they're just doing they're just helpful workers. She just you know, I don't get it. <laughs> like what's the why are you be, why are you being such a stiff? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but what is it? The, the guy says, um, oh, one of the one of the worst lines the guy Andrew says is, um, I'll be five minutes. You girls will just have to contain your lust. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Well, because <laughs> uh, I actually messaged you guys because I was like, I was having, tr- I've seen this film a couple of times now. I was checking out during the week. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I had to message you, I was like, are, who the fuck are these, this couple? Are they? They better not be relatives, you know. I was just like, <laughs> what's the fucking deal? Like, that's just, this is, because the setup is the dad has put her, sent her to Asia for a holiday. But she hasn't graduated. No. She's presumably going back to school, like, mm. after the summer or whatever, or whatever the fuck. So, you know, we don't know how old she is, but no. she hasn't graduated. She must be 16 or 17 or whatever. And, um, like, it's just, a, it's weird. Like, so the husband sends, oh, sorry, the, the father sends her to Asia with, you know, friends of the family. It's sort of like a manual of, of like, you know, how not to parent your children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like whatever goes on, like you go, oh, okay. Like, you know, and I don't like helicopter parenting, but I tell you what, sending <laughs> your daughter to a couple of creeps, you know, and they're saying stuff like, you know, go. You know, just, just saying. Oh, that's Andrew. Oh, yes, yes. He'd he'd have his eye on you. Oh, yes. Off you go. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you go. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> See ya. But you know, like every every real beast man needs a, an Igor figure. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sort of need a. Or, but you know, but me, me Ling, me Ling is just oh, as bad, really. Jesus. Like like even worse. Like, hmm. and first of all. Is she even of Asian descent? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love that back then. See, this is racism. This is racism. Yes. Like, this is the this is the actual racism. When you go, okay, like you're in Hong Kong, there are actual Asian people everywhere, and you get this like mildly Eurasian looking woman. She's ca- she's Indian. Oh, born in India. Off. Really? She is born in India. Yeah. So she's well, probably half Indian or something. But that's perfect in a way because John Lamond, he's he's into Orientalism. <laughs> like he, I mean, he uses the word Orient, which I'm trying to bring back, as you know. <laughs> I'm trying to say, yes, I'm, I'm really interested in the Orient, you know. And everyone goes, oh, yeah. And he's like, um, 
that, that Catherine, the wife, says about Mei Ling, yes, yes, she's very mysterious. She's the daughter of a wealthy Chinese merchant. So this idea of Chinese people or Asian people being mysterious and inscrutable mm. and, you know, their ways are different to ours. Like, like this movie's just loaded with it. So, you know, I mean, I... It's it's delicious, and he's and and John, and John Lamond is is sort of the director. He was Great. unrepentant, unrepentant Great. to the end. He was saying Orion and all of that, and you know he was getting body slides. <laughs> I don't know, man. And bringing it back to her, the funniest thing in the whole movie was her at the markets not being able to communicate and using her fingers <laughs> to say that she wanted two things because she couldn't speak. Well, language. I, but I was like, I was in two minds because I was like, oh. well, technically she's Chinese. I was like, well, she might not be able to speak Cantonese. She's Indian. Well, <laughs> that is the fly in the ointment. Yeah. But, but then she's then she's putting on like a, a, a like an accent as well, you know. Yeah. Yes. Which, which is I, terrible. I don't know. Look, put it this way. I don't know who to cancel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like she's Indian, so like you know she should be free from all charges in this, in this realm, uh, but in the in the current context. But you know, I don't know. That's she's she got the cheat codes on, so I don't know. I don't know what to do. Here's Mi Ling. I thought you'd like to spend some time with her. That would be lovely. Good. Then it's settled. Mi Ling can show you many places. You'll find Hong Kong more interesting than anything I could show you. Well, would you like to come with me for a few days? Okay. Really, I've been reading a book about Emmanuel. She has free attitudes to life and sex. And then there's this book called The Story of O. And in that, women are totally submissive. Emmanuel says that Oriental people, well, they know all about love and sex and eroticism. Is that true? Oh, I don't really know. But maybe I could show you a few places right here in Hong Kong that would, well, just say the word whenever you like. What about right now? Okay. What is this place? Don't be afraid. We're going to take a bath like you never had before. She's supposed to be showing her around Hong Kong and and giving her, you know, sort of an insider's experience. She does. Almost instantly. (laughs) Well, that's true. Almost instantly takes her to this weird lesbian massage parlor where they bathe and, as you say, get their slide on. Incredible then, then scene. they go to this, this they go on this boat trip, and and I thought they were going to that big, big sort of casino boat That's where I thought on, they went. on on the river. But then they end up in this like tiny little junk boat that that looks like it's inhabited by junkies. You know, mm. it, it's just filthy. Just a sex romp. It's, and then they just, she, she, what she calls it, she calls it a Chinese den of pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, yes. then you can, you can watch, uh, but you don't have to participate. And, and, and that's seedy as fuck. And then mm. she essentially gets raped in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then in the morning she leaves and, and just leaves Felicity there, like oh, that is that is like that's weird. That that, that was weird. AJ, this in the sister code, that's not part of it, is well, it? Well, she does it twice though. She does. Like, I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, like that is, you know, I, I know I've got sisters and and I've heard Katie talk about it. Like, if you go, if you're a woman and you go out with 
uh, a friend and she abandons you anywhere. That's something they remember for the rest of their oh, lives. Oh, no shit. Yeah, definitely. They talk, they talk about it like they go, oh, I remember so-and-so, Bianca or whatever. She she talked like, and just left <laughs> left me with these creeps somewhere. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, But, but it's a- even worse because Felicity is in a, in a country – in a foreign country, she can't speak the language. She probably 11. doesn't even know where she is. <laughs> <laughs> and and so she has to get her clothes on and like follow her. And you're like, why? I'd be like, Meling, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Seriously. like, bitch, I can't speak the language. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And but then she does it again when they go out to that bar. <laughs> and she is brutal at the bar. Yeah, she's just like, I'm gonna go get some action. <laughs> Um, if you don't see me, well, I'll just meet you back at the hotel. Yeah. And then she fully says, I don't know if I know where the hotel is. <laughs> but no, but maybe that's actually quite modern, like, you know, because that because someone like Meeling, like if you are sort of a, a, a some sort of crazed nymphomaniac, then you would have some sort of dissociative disorder. You know, yeah. like like she's clearly like yeah, she's just manic. She's just like, like can't can't see outside her own her own self. You know, it was fucking crazy. <laughs> Where are we going now? Well, I'm not quite sure you're ready for this. I'm ready for anything. Anything? Anything. Well, all right. Where does this boat take us? Nowhere. This is my place of work. Sometimes my home. You can come aboard, but don't be shocked at what you see. What is this place? This is Chinese House of Pleasure. You may watch, and no one will try and touch you. If you wish to partake in some of the secret pleasures, you may do so. Come with me. And uh, John, the John de Lamond uh, appears as the peeping gardener. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Why? Why does he have to be licking his lips oh, and look, like? Again, like the beaver, <laughs> there's way too many people licking their lips all of the time. <laughs> it's too much. I don't like it. I don't need it. No. Hey, AJ, how are they meant to let you know that they they like what they're seeing? <laughs> Isn't that the international symbol for that? <laughs> There was so much of it. But the great thing about this cameo, so he, peer, he basically the director peers in this little window and and checks out. Um, no, it's not even Felicity. It's just the actress. It's just Glory Annan, the, the actress. He's just looking at her, you know, having a shower. And um, I think it's like basic instinct. So, you know, it's it basically he's saying, if I was a disgusting old pervert, why would I cast myself as a disgusting pervert who leers at young girls in the shower? Mm. You know, <laughs> and you and you go absolutely correct. You you, you win. Would that, would that hold do. up in court? Would it? Well, you know, he, he lived a <laughs> prosperous life for the rest of his days, and he missed out on all of this woke shit. And in fact, I would argue because he only died a, couple, uh, a few years ago, he got to enjoy like he would. He went to the grave because this was uh, uh, around. You know, the resurgence of Ausploitation, we talked about this is around that sort of like, you know, noughties, uh, 2010s or whatever. So you, he would think, oh, it's so good. Like, you know, I was I was steamed a pornographer before and everyone's sort of like embraced me and it's all great now. Oh, fantastic. You know, and he got to just enjoy that. He doesn't know, he didn't know what happened in the third act, which is, you know, oh, actually 2018 is when he went. But let's just hope he didn't get to see too much of what's gone on in the last fucking few years. Yeah. And he wouldn't have. Because he's ultimate pig man. Yeah. I mean, he was, he, put it this way. I'm sure he was saying the word Orient. Like, oh, yeah. 20, 2017. Or, 
another word that they constantly use enchanted 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 great (laughs) bring it back that's a good word it is but it was overused (laughs) (laughs) oh we have to talk about adrian he's so fucking good (laughs) so this this is uh australian celebrity john michael housen Yes. Mm. He used to be on uh, Good Morning Australia with Bert Newton. He used to come on as like the Hollywood gossip guy, uh, a total camp queen. <laughs> and in this in this movie, he's like, a, a, like, I don't know, is he a fashion designer or he has a, or he's a tailor or something. He makes mm. lingerie or something. But um, Felicity goes with her Hong Kong friend to get some new clothes and he's just like, you know, sticking his head in the uh, change room, licking his lips, like biting down on putting panties in his mouth and just outrageous. His behaviour is outrageous. Christine, darling, 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 darling. Adrian. Oh, darling, you naughty, naughty, naughty little girl for neglecting me for so long. I want you to meet someone. Felicity? This enchanting creature is my dear friend, Adrian. Darling, we need your help. Not another little word. Into my little den and get it all off. Darling, I have some exquisite nightwear, you must say. Positively delectable. He's so cunning, he makes you feel extravagantly naughty and loving it. (laughs) Is he a homosexual? I can never be sure. He seems to enjoy his work so much. Uh, but as, as an aside, uh, back then, like, were you just allowed to try on panties willy nilly, like without, without buying them, or without, without putting putting uh, something else on? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I hope well, not. it's his shop. He he's it's his rules. <sighs> that's that's true. It's his rules. Uh, but no, he was um. It was confounding, you know. Uh, like it, it was hard to it was hard to see um, where he was coming from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you know Felicity says, "Is he a homosexual?" Yes, that is. Which actually is a valid question because you you know. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like that, like we were all thinking it. No, but. but, but but now, I mean, you know, I mean, again, it's all changed. So it's like you, you, you wouldn't know what to say now. Like you wouldn't know. Like you'd just go. Like because, I mean, there was a time, a long time from between then and 30 seconds ago, if someone clearly was a fabulous flaming queen, like at, or every second of their life, you'd say, okay, that's he's, he's mm. what in the old tale, ter- ter- parlance is homosexual. But then he's also perving on women yes. in the change room. So, that's you know, that's the confusion. That's the confusion, that's the yeah. confusion there. Yeah. Right. And well, eating the panties. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it was, it was big. It was big. Big performance. Um, <laughs> he, he didn't leave. They, they didn't leave anything behind. He was no, like, he did no. not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving it all. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, speaking of racism, what do you think of the music? Uh, <laughs> great segue. <laughs> great segue. <laughs> World music. There it is. It's because it's essentially <laughs> pretty much, pretty like much. It's, it's pretty close. Orient music. Yeah, it's o- it? Orient meets jazz, uh, and it uh, the pieces often end with a big gong. Right. 
Yeah. But but you know what? Like it, people forget how fucking protectionist and isolated Australia was. Now, this was parts were shot in Hong Kong and it sounds like, you know, John D. Lamond and his, some people he know were globetrotters, which is not a normal thing in Australia. No. And back no. there, it's like that is completely not normal. So if you went to those places, it's essentially like you're like, oh, I spend time on Mars. Do you know what I mean? Mm, so definitely. Uh, so the rest of the country in the 70s was just like locked down, just, you know, uh, government controlled. Like there was only a couple of choices, like, you know, of of products to buy really. I mean, it's a little, it sounds like North Korea, but it's it, seriously, there wasn't a lot of, we weren't open to the world. You know but, what I mean? But, but also, you know, fucking Spotify didn't exist back then. You know, I mean, now mm. we have essentially all the world's music at our fingertips all the time. Back yeah. then, you were you were lucky. The average person owned a couple of records. That was it. Maybe a radio. They listened to the radio every now and then. You know, mm. I mean, how would mm. you know what what music from any other country, but but maybe America and your own country was? You know. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, you know, because this music sounds to our ears offensive. Mm. <laughs> yes, you listen to it, you hear it, and you go. <laughs> But then again, even now, and this is one of my probably my favorite album of all time. Even now, when you play Graceland, there's a certain type of person, Paul Simon's Graceland, who would say that's offensive. Mm, Definitely, they would say that entire album, everything is what's wrong with the world. Whereas, you know, we need to constantly remember the context and constantly remember that that some of that shit is insane. And you say, wait a minute, in the context. So, Ricky, in the context of this movie and when it was and what was going on in the world of music and everything, is what do you, what's your read on the music? I think uh, back then it would, be, it would have been far less offensive for sure. And, but, but I still think they could have been a little bit more sensitive with it and, and maybe at least found some actual uh, Chinese music, you know. Less gongs? Is that the problem? Well, you know, gong, gongs exist in, in that music, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just think yeah, the gong was probably a little too much. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one because it's, it's hard to listen to these things with 1970s ears, you know. Um, because this all would have been very exotic. Yeah. Know? Like it just, sure. it, it is exotic. You know, like, and like- maybe maybe for audiences back then, maybe they wouldn't be able to handle the real deal. You know, maybe they needed a softer way in to mm. something that sounds a little bit. Well, they uh, won't be able Asian to disambiguate. You know? They wouldn't yeah. be able to disambiguate it. They need. They just needed to. You know, because it doesn't matter. Like when you're talking about, you know, like. They're not going to know ancient Chinese instruments or anything or or, mm, or stuff. Yeah. You know, it's all going to sound not like the Skyhawks. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. like, mm. like my I talk to my dad, my dad a lot over this this particular festival because I think he is, you know, was always marooned in this era, even when it was over, and he just represents just the parochial Aussie guy, the guy who just had no bloody idea about the rest of the world. <laughs> and my dad's uh, the same. Yeah, I mean, you know, like they just. They would have just gone. They they liked you know broad strokes. <laughs> mm. You know they would just be like, oh yeah, like they'd think it's all kung fu and yeah. you know and, yeah, and right. lemon and lemon chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, I don't like that sauce though. So yeah, you're eating fried chicken then. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They don't eat. You're eating battered chicken. Okay, and, cool. Yeah, yeah. And dad, and by the way, dad, they don't eat this in China. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is some shit. This is some shit they came up with. Uh, the Chinese people here came up with to feed you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a few different songs in this in this uh, movie, but uh, I'm not Mama's little girl no more. Features heavily in this. Can you in please this film. sing it, Ricky? Title track. The title sing track. It. I'm not Mama's little girl no more. I just took a little time to grow. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Can you put that at the end of the episode? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's so, um, it's, it's so 1970s and <laughs> apparently it was, uh, first sung by Dusty Springfield, oh, but this right. particular version is, uh, someone called, uh, Linda George sung it. Um, she's not Australian, is she? I don't know. I don't know anything about it really. Um, well, it's the theme of the movie. Like, you know, they're yeah. really hitting you with it. But well, it has this weird, it has this weird section in it though, where it goes like, uh, it's almost like the the ending sting from uh, Hitchcock's Psycho. It's like dun 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 dun, and then it goes back into I'm not Mama's little girl. It's you know because they play it over the sex scenes, and it gets to that. It's to that like dramatic dun dun, and you're like this. This does not work, you know. Well, it's not scored. They've just little slapped it on. And They've said, just slapped said, it on, of course, but. Mm. Jesus, like I guess with today's technology, you could snip out that weird middle bit and just kind of loop the song. I don't know. Mm. It just, Actually, um, it sucks. That song is it does suck, but it, but it, but it, but it is all part of selling this type of story to the yeah the Australian audience and whoever else. Basically, you know, because Felicity herself is reading the story of O, reading Emmanuel, talking about them. You know, mm. this song is 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 setting us up like mm. you know so it really is saying this is a this is a sexual odyssey film and mm. in that tradition and you know they, they, it's an attempt to to try and situate it so yeah. you just go oh, okay all right so it's about this chick she's gonna get nailed a lot and constantly <laughs> yeah mm. I'm a Baby, you're the first to know I am mommy's little girl no more I took a little time to grow It's gonna be worth the waiting The anticipating I'm not mama's little baby No more I took the ribbon from my hair And I'm letting it all hang down Do you think it was, do you think it was a hard sell to find an actress to play? Felicity. All right. Well, here, here's, here's what he said. So, um, uh, and I've heard him speak. He, he, he talks, he's got a very broad accent, if memory serves. Uh, and then Glory came in, that's the actress. I said, well, will you take your clothes off? And she said, yes, but I wouldn't do it there. I said to her, when we get back in Australia and in Hong Kong, there'll be 20 people in the room. This is my wife here. If you're not willing to take your clothes off now, you're not going to feel comfortable in front of a crew. But she was. Uh, so, 
So she was happy. Yeah, she had a lot of proper theatrical training. You know, she'd done a film before, uh, Prey or something. Uh, there was some nudity in that too. I said, Glory, we want to treat it seriously. We want to take a lot of care and attention, but I don't want to be hassled. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want you to get out there and start renegotiating. So, so if you're not willing to flash your breasts now and show pubic hair, I know that you're not going to do it in the <laughs> studio, okay? You can't be coy, I said. My wife will be there, but she's not going to be your, your guardian angel, all right? <laughs> you know, she'll be doing continuity. And there will still be blokes around. We can't keep clear in the set because we want good lighting, good sound, and good makeup. Some of the people will be male. She said, yeah, all right. Funny thing, funny thing, when she came out, she took all her clothes off straight away and said to everybody, oh, okay, you've seen what I look like now. Put her robe back on. And from time to time, she'd wander around naked. And she wouldn't even, you know, I mean, you'd look, but she wouldn't stop and turn because, you know, they could see it any time. All right? So, and she was great <laughs> because, you know, there was somebody who, A, would do it, B, would look good. And C, correct. One of the most disastrous things is you get somebody who gets out there and starts going, oh, I don't, I don't want to do it. You know, I don't want to show my pubic hair. The gaffer's looking at me. Look, 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 the gaffer just wants to make money and go home. Look, he's had his look, all right? So, you know, <laughs> he's going to play in the lights now. But she was good like that. And I suppose she gave me perfectly what I wanted, you know. As I said, an actress who was slim in the body because you have to get somebody slim because, you know, photograph, uh, you know, sort of pounds on heavier, you know. Uh, you want someone in, uninhibited. Who would do it and enjoy it? Still be a credible actress. Quite hard to do, you know. <laughs> so there you go. That's John Delamont. <laughs> Can I just finish that quote? Because I've got it written down here. He says, "Because there's plenty of good-looking actresses who won't take their clothes off, and there are also dogs who can't act who won't take their clothes off. Many <laughs> different combinations, and getting all three is hard." How could I miss out that last bit? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that is great. Like, so I think this this is interesting. This little. <laughs> Uh, uh, speech we've got um i mean this is this is the sort of stuff that like they're they're going crazy about now this idea of you know i mean he's he's sort of he's sort of bullied <laughs> like he's gotten her to get naked like when there's no contracts in you know down or anything so essentially you're just two people and you've just blackmailed into getting naked and if you, he's got a gislaine maxwell too his wife mm. um yeah. And just all the wonderful stuff, like, you know, but he's a smart businessman, though. He's like, he's basically said, you know, if you can't do it now, you won't do it later, which is true, <laughs> which is true, <laughs> by the way. But it but doesn't make it right. I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, it's just like, but all the stuff he says, he's like, you know, the gaffer, he's had his look, you know. <laughs> yeah, Every, it's the fact that he keeps going. Like he's saying, like, <laughs> he's saying, he keeps mentioning the fact that, yeah, yeah, we're all cool with it because we've had our look, like, mm. or we can look at it anytime. Now, it's actually the truest stuff I've ever heard. Like, sort of, you know, women aren't ready to hear this. They're not ready to hear what John D. Lamont has to say. Like, because no matter how cool we are with you being naked or doing what, like, doing whatever it is, um, it's, it's only, he's right. It's only because we, we've had our look. Or um, we can look anytime. So, mm. like, like Patrick Stewart says it in extras when he says, you know, I've seen everything. It's too late, you know, about uh, uh, Victoria Beckham's clothes flying off. <laughs> 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 it's too late. I've seen everything. I've seen everything because that's what it's about. I just need to <laughs> see it all. And, you know, so he's, he's actually telling, uh, I think they should put this um, in dating manuals. 
man. This is what Ben wants. So, I don't know if I'll be back next week, guys. <laughs> 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 he's a big man. Come on. He's no good. He's no good. And the fact that he he lasted so long without getting cancelled is amazing. And come on, he's giving his wife a co-credit in writing it. He wrote this piece of shit movie. <laughs> no, and I say that with the, like the um filming was incredible. The scenes in Hong Kong were fantastic. It's a really beautifully shot. You're questioning. Movie. You're questioning the richness of the story. But the yeah. story was terrible. The there shouldn't have been a um, voiceover. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like. Let's. I hate let's get voiceovers mostly. Yeah. Come on. Mm. <laughs> the acting questionable. The dialogue terrible. <laughs> but we need. But we would. We needed lines like this though. My hands wandered over those new breasts of mine and across my thighs and into that new valley between my thighs where first a gentle down and then a rich soft fleece was growing, <laughs> hiding a secret place that, that I barely thought about. <laughs> and that was in the opening fucking scenes. <laughs> we were often racing on that point. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. So... Well, let's let's get some business. Uh, you know, I, this week was a, it was it's again slim pickings, AJ. This week uh, for keep, keeper or creeper. Uh, so, you know, first I think we've got um, okay, Gordon Charles as Stephen. So athletic, you know, uh, uh, he's the one married to Christine. Stephen, he seems to have a bit of cash. I don't know what he does for a crust, uh, but he's in Hong Kong doing all right by the looks of it. If you like that country club lifestyle, then he's your man. Um, he is a bit of a peeper, uh, but no touchy-touchy. That's uh, true. So he's got that going for him. Uh, he and his wife um, are also complicit in getting uh, Felicity nailed, but I don't I don't know how you feel about that. So <laughs> even uh, keeper or creeper? Creeper. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I should have mentioned that, Ricky's already mentioned it, that the, his monstrous asides when he was leaving or his, oh, that's my exit line, all that stuff, you know, mm. like. <laughs> You just it just gives you the willies. Like people who do yeah. that have that sort of that that thing that give you the willies. Uh, next up, Chris Milne as Miles, uh, action photographer, uh, free spirit. Um, he had a, he had a Muggins like quality from Carry On. Did you did you <laughs> get did. this from yeah, him? I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know. You're a randy little rabbit. Uh, is it is it the the skinniness? He's a very skinny man. Mm. But it's a, no, but it's his lifestyle, man. Like he's free. He's one of these fucking wanderers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And Muggins yeah. was all about that. Mm. Um, masculine, you know, assertive, quite heroic. In in and certainly when we first meet him, when he's too drunk to raise a finger. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, he's honest. Um, but look. He rescues Felicity, so we can say he's got a good sense of right and wrong, mm. except when it comes to his pecker. <laughs> he's got a bit of a weak spot for the young <laughs> girls. Uh, I don't know. Keeper or Grapa? Miles. Grapa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a bit of a bonus. This is a bonus. So John Michael Housen as Adrian, you know, lingerie salesman. <laughs> so, look, just hear me out, okay? Keen eye for fashion. It's true. He can help you help put together a killer outfit for you. Yeah, that is true. Seems like a fun guy. Mm. Um, yeah, but to be honest, I, we've already covered this, but I think he might be a little confused. Uh, if you're looking for a beard, then this guy might not be your man. Um, no. Because to be honest, 
I suspect he's using queerness to get ahead in business, which is something that uh, was ahead of its time, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know. You, you, you've seen what he can offer you. Uh, Keeper mm. or Creeper, Adrian? Wow. Hmm. I feel like yeah, he likes the panties in the mouth. Mm. Maybe you can dominate him and get, get some cash. No, cre- no creeper. <laughs> <laughs> he got dangerously close. I love the, I love the people that get dangerously close. Yeah. Goes, oh, I knew, that's why I put him at the end. I was like, mm, this guy's a, might just slip in there. Now, AJ, are, are any of the men in this film attractive physically? No, no. Well, that's weird because all of the women are quite attractive. Frank liked Felicity. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not my taste. But, um. I, I reckon all of the chicks are pretty hot. I think Mei Ling's hot. Um, yeah. But what, what does it take to get a good-looking man in a movie like this? Like, surely not much. But he would have been attractive then. You think so? Yeah, he's kind of Paul, like but wouldn't Paul there be, Hogan vibes, no? But shouldn't there be at least, because you said that none of the men, and I get it, none of the men work for you, like Andrew, nah. the gross rich guy, uh, like, yes, Miles, Stephen. Mm. Like, why isn't there one? I mean, firstly, oh, I'm getting philosophical now, but w- where do you rate like aesthetics for men? Is it as important? Like, um, yeah, definitely. But like those creeper one liners, Stephen, even if he was hot, you'd still be like, who is this fucker? <laughs> like, who says this shit? It's creepy. And that you knew that he was watching you. So, but you watched him, so I did. So, uh, <laughs> but if it was Jack Thompson or something like in this movie, would you say that he's attractive? Yeah, back then, yeah, he was okay. All right, I, I guess my, my point is like if you're pitching a movie to some uh, some actors out there and you're like, mm. well, you're going to be in this movie, uh, you're basically just going to nail all these hot looking chicks, like and get paid. Do you want to be in the movie? Well, maybe mm. this. No, but maybe this is a, a down, uh, you know, a valid criticism. Obviously, is is that you know, these are all male centric, and you know, I, I dispute some of that. Uh, however, a downside of 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 you know our desperate lust for just hot chicks and what seeing them naked at all costs is that we don't really care what women want along the way. You know that that's and then you see that here, like you know, some of the breasts in this movie. Jenny's breasts are awe-inspiring. <laughs> like they made me sometimes, sometimes a chick's so hot, like that that it makes you want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> Do you know but what I mean? Na- but natural too. Natural. Which is like awesome. when a chick when a chick is that natural hot, I'm just like, I don't know what I want to do, and I think I might want to kill myself. So <laughs> And I don't even know why. So, it's, but 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 then the guys are so gross. So, you know, which is usually a kink of its own, but not gross enough. They're not. They're not. Um, no, they're not gross. Sid. Hot. They're not like nah. Sid James gross or nah. or or like, you know, I don't know, like dirty Harvey Keitel gross, <laughs> like bad lieutenant sort <laughs> of stuff. You know, where you go, oh, that's gross. Or I hope he doesn't but, pull me over. Mm, but I like it. Yeah, but I like it, and I hate uh, myself. And yeah, the rest of it. that's exactly right. <laughs> Whereas, uh, yeah, no, that's a shame. That is a shame. Mm. But uh, yeah, all right. You want some reviews? Yeah, go on. All right. So I've got I've got one good, well, comprehensive review, I should say. Uh, something from uh, Starburst. 
magazine online. It was reviewed by someone called James Evans in 2017. Jesus. Um, so look out. Uh, as censorship relaxed in the late 1960s and through to the 70s, enterprising filmmakers everywhere took advantage of emerging international markets and a new period in cinematic hucksterism was created. For some countries like Italy, an entire industry sprung up making homages or otherwise rip-offs and uh, unofficial sequels to the big, usually American hits of the day. Ramp up the violent sex and gore, uh, frequently give it a lurid title and then sell it everywhere. Perhaps uh, never quite as graphic as their European peers, Australian writers and directors still gave it a good shot. Ausploitation has become a grouping term for all kinds of films from that period that took their movies global. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They go on to say, uh, from the outset, it leaves nothing to the imagination. Writer and director uh, John Lamond uh, seems to be going through a smut checklist. Fantasy lesbianism, voyeurism, a sauna scene, Catholic schoolgirls in short skirts, and so on. It's difficult to criticise any of the filmmaking as Lamond knows how to shoot a film professionally. Um, it's very much a product of its time, hiding behind a veneer of exploring a liberated women's sexual life and seriously dubious gender politics to put as many female body parts on screen as possible. You're unlikely to find it erotic, more like boring, and you'll probably find yourself utterly desensitized to nudity by the end of it, having been hit with a sledgehammer besiegement of boobs and bums. Having said that, as a piece of film history and specifically the development of Ausploitation, it has its place. And if you're interested in that side of things, our rating reflects that. Uh, just don't play the every time there's a nipple on screen having a swig drinking game. You'll be in a drunken <laughs> stupor inside the first 15 minutes. And uh, they gave it six out of ten. Generous. What what a hateful kind of a bit. Like like I mean, you can have sort of the filmmaking, I guess. Like, but that's what's interesting is that they they jump in and say, Oh, filmmaking's fine and whatever, but it's all the other stuff that's terrible. And I say, Are you trying to tell me that like, you know, he's like, Oh, you know, and and if lesbian massage is what you're into, and I'm like, that's not and that's I am into that. Every day of the week, yeah. Every day of the week. So basically, they've only given it a good rating because of you know they see it as a historically relevant piece of cinema. No, but when you're when you are a this is presumably um, an American Democrat who wrote this, probably. (laughs) So if you're of a certain uh, vintage, if you're writing film criticism now of any kind. He's done what the gambit you can only do. Like you can't, mm. we talked about this. 2010, you could say you could have this sort of nod and a wink to, you know, the dirty, shameful past and go, oh, yes, sleazy, sleaziness is sort of, you know, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. And, and you know, we're, we're better than that now, but, oh, it's it's fun to have to be naughty every now and then. Have your Kit Kat, you know? <laughs> have <laughs> your Snickers bar. Have you, have you. Deep throat your Snickers bar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but now the only thing left to do is to write this, you know, all you have to go down the checklist. Yes, okay, I have to let people know that 
You yeah. know, I think about gender ideology uh, constantly. I'm never not mm. thinking about it. Oh, only when I'm not thinking about race. That's the thing I think about most. Secondly, like, you know, I care about like art, history and cinema the most. That's why I, I, I'm i saying that this is important, you know, mm. but I'm also, you know, I believe that everyone's free to do everything, you know, so I think. And also this this stuff about like, oh, yes, it's dressed up like a like women's liberation, but it's, you know, it's it's like he's got to put it out there. Basically, you know, this kind of male feminist line of like, you know, oh, ladies, I know really what you want. I know what you want, which mm. we know is a famous uh, woke fishing technique just to mm. get them in itself. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. That's why so many blokes out there have pussy hats. Mm. Yeah, it's um, very mm. useful. But but the other thing there in the in the opening uh, paragraph talking about hucksterism, I mean, you, you try and tell me that what Hollywood's doing now with all its work bullshit isn't isn't the same sort of hucksterism, you know? Well, this person doesn't understand the, the medium at all. Like you know, it's not that the cinema is and always has been for the people. It is not. It is it is for everyone, and, and it has roots in sideshows and vaudevilles and the rest of it. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it, this guy can go fuck himself. Like this, he's got no no idea. This is the sort of snobbery that just that has no place. Like the cinema has never been, you know, about Ibsen and and Chekhov as much as I love their work. That's for the stage. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like the cinema is about something else. It doesn't mean we can't have Tarkovsky and Antonioni and all these these great, you know, uh, art films which are the best kind of films really and I'm being honest, but I don't discount, you know, uh, the down and dirty pictures either because that that is that's that's ignoring uh huge swathes of 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 the cinema landscape and the huge swathes of the globe you're, you're cutting out like every like that's what people want to watch like why do they go to the cinema you know they go because they're you know we live short miserable lives and we want to go and and see felicity's titties and bush you know <laughs> You know, Bush and, and go and think about what would it be like if Bush came back, you know, as I Yeah, do. and it really wasn't a downer. Like, she loved it. She was loving herself sick. That's the point. <laughs> Actually, that's no, but that's, loving it. But that's the point. That's what people miss about, about a lot of, you know, sex films or, or sex-related stuff is that generally speaking, what people want to see in this arena is willing people like mm. people who are fucking up for it they don't they generally don't like obviously there are sections of, of of people or whatever who are interested in in seeing unwilling and the rest of it or, or mm. whatever but mostly people are like i just want to see a chick who's just totally free and loving it down for the pound in. down yeah. dtf all yeah. of it just like i'm i'm up for it you know mm. and you know so anyway this guy can fuck off so <laughs> Trivia. Right. Well, yeah, all right. Yeah, you want some trivia? Okay. <laughs> George Miller was originally slated to direct this film but didn't proceed due to creative differences. Maybe he didn't want Bush. He's like, <laughs> he's like John, John, I love it. Love it all. I'm just thinking uh, the Bush is, there's no, there's no future in Bush. Like, get re- <laughs> I, put it this way. I reckon 20 years from now there will be no Bush and John D with the on was like, <laughs> Get the fuck out of my office. How dare you? How dare you? And he says, that will never happen. And now Fury Road, Miller's sitting there and he's saying, I I win. I win. I knew the world. I will not be cancelled. 
well, Joni Flynn, who played uh, Mi Ling, uh, who was also a penthouse playma- uh, playmate model, she went on to play uh, one of the uh, Octopussy Bond girls. Oh, really? So, yeah. Ooh. So she was in Octopussy's uh, little uh, gang of girls. O- octet. Please, please don't use the word Bond girl. Oh, oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Throwback. What, that what do I say then? Bond person? No, remember yeah. on set of the new one, yeah. they banned the term. I know. I know. Oh, the, uh, so-and-so is playing the new, uh, the, the woman who appears alongside James Bond. And you go, do you <laughs> yeah. mean a Bond? No, I don't mean a Bond, whatever you were going to say. I mean a woman uh, who's in Bond, who isn't mm. Bond. Wouldn't you love it if you were a Bond girl? Wouldn't you be proud of that? No, change that, change that. Hasn't everyone who's ever been a Bond girl fucking loved it? Yes. And hasn't hasn't it, like, you know, totally changed their entire life? Yeah. And they've always had a good attitude about it? And, like, I don't get it. Like, no, the new ones are worse. We're not going to go off on this tangent. Sorry. No, the new ones are worse. They, they, They do this thing in the new one where... They've got two Bond. They've got like the new 007, which is that 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 like sort of um, the aggressive masculine one, and then they've got the the hot Bond girl who appears in like one scene. Like it's just a total mess. Anyway, mm. cut cut all that out. Cut that shit out. I don't even want this in the show, in the episode. Uh, <laughs> okay. what I just said. So anyway, um, me too, meter. Here we go. So AJ, good feminism. Good feminism is ugly and gross. Okay. And there's none of that here. So that's a problem for starters, all right? Like we've already talked about it. I told you about what I think about some of the bosoms in this movie. So anyway, as we know, anything that triggers a normal sexual response from men is inherently disgusting and morally wrong. True. And that's what that's what this film seems to misunderstand. So it's already starting behind the eight ball. You know, as I've said, the awe-inspiring breasts and bottoms on show, this is the patriarchy and it's everywhere, okay? Director Lamond was an unrepent, unrepentant in his views uh, that men and women wish to see fantasies and idealised sexual encounters. What an awful man. Okay. It would have been a sex pest. Yeah. <laughs> so next up, uh, who's grooming who? Uh, there's a high-profile and international grooming gang at the centre of this film that begins with the big man, Felicity's father, okay? <laughs> he has her shipped off to Asia to a couple of, quote, friends, uh, Christine and Stephen, uh, the Hong Kong socialites. They lead the charge of Operation Get Felicity Fucked. <laughs> GFF. They lead this char- the operation by foisting their rich pigman friend Andrew onto her at a party. And Christine also openly admits that Felicity spying on her and her husband mid-coitus turned her on. Mm. Okay. So there you go. Finally, they set her up with the foot soldier of this grooming gang, Mi Ling. Uh, these people are all criminals and they're going to serve hard time. So that's that. Consent. There are various sexual encounters that present the issues of consent. Look, firstly, Felicity is not of age, so everyone who has intercourse with her is going down. (laughs) All right? Going down. Um, Andrew, the one who takes her virginity, and the nameless man who assaults her from behind uh, on the barge are probably the worst, I suppose. Um, Stephen obviously probably is going down as well. Uh, and the gardener, he's going down, I think, too. And maybe even Adrian, the queer from the lingerie place. <laughs> Nobody's safe. They're all going down. <laughs> so anyway, uh, those are the three main charges. Um, I could go on all day. You could. 
You really could. Even the fisherman, fisherman guy is going down. Him, like, you know, showing his, 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 you know, kid, like, you know, nudie rudies is probably not not on. Saying, check it out, you know, whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> going down too. Hang on, did you, we, we haven't talked about the gobstopper bit. Oh, remind me. Oh, uh, so Felicity's uh, in bed with um, Miles and she's talking about how her dad used to, what, that her dad had a beard and she loved to snuggle up and f- feel his beard and whatever and that oh, yes. he used to bring back these big boiled lollies, gobstoppers, but they were too big to fit in her mouth so he'd suck on them first to make them small enough and then like, a lolly just buys her a lolly, like kiss it um, into her mouth. Yeah. yeah. Bit of a lolly, and then it's she did it to her new partner. Mm. Okay, <laughs> calling <laughs> Doctor Freud. <laughs> All right. So well, I agree with that assessment that he's the he's the leader of the this. Daddy, the grooming gang. Yeah, yeah grooming gang. He definitely is. Mm. So yes, it really is uh, uh, criminals. Criminal underworld is what we've witnessed, and it's just her perspective. Like you could change the music and some of the voiceover, and it would be. It's like, you know, this sort of um, uh, dark, definitely, (laughs) you know, horrible story. Yes. All right. So these are the charges. What do we give this out of 10 on the Me Too meter? Could it be another 11? Yeah. I think it it may be. be. I think it might be. Yes, it might be. I think I suspect showing this movie like at a university, at Sydney University or something, whatever, like just saying, anyway, I've hired out the theatre. <laughs> I think it would it would cause a bit of a stir. I think people's heads would explode. Yes. And you'd say, and the trigger warning, you get up and you get up at the beginning and you say, just a question, um, what do you think of Bush? And they go, what? And you go, Bush, you know, pubic hair. And they go, you're cancelled. <laughs> Before it starts. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think of it. <laughs> anyway, all right. I, I want to finish. I want to wrap this up with uh, a little review that I read on IMDb that I sent to you guys. It's a 10, <laughs> 10 out of 10 for this film. Go on. <laughs> Someone who calls himself a James Donald 1952. Ricky in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This review comes from 2018. Okay. We have this on video and watch it once in a while and when we have guest. Lovely all-American girl makes love and when in the Orient makes love to real all-American white men. Very X-rated and naughty for the mischievous nights without ball and chain. MAGA. (laughs) (laughs) So it signs off with make America great again. (laughs) Uh, I feel like that... Is written by Russian trolls, <laughs> <laughs> but but I just love it. I just love it how they they watch it when they have guests over. Yeah, so all the of, swingers. All of it's great. <laughs> no, but no, but no. When the guests are over, but then they also he also says um, for mis- mischievous nights without the ball and chain. Yeah, you know? nights without the ball and chain. <laughs> so it's just dudes, <laughs> probably jacking right. off. Oh, great stuff. <laughs> Excellent stuff. <laughs> all right. Well. That was Felicity. Uh, that ends our festival down under for this year. Uh, we won't be revisiting until next time uh, this uh, day, uh, this controversial day rolls around <laughs> again. <laughs> so this week, I reckon we do, uh, we're going to throw it out to the audience. Uh, so 
I need you to check Instagram, uh, uh, you know, uh, t- t- tomorrow and and or this week, and we will put it out to you what we watch next week. Uh, I'm not even going to say what they are, but they're going to be so. Uh, next week will be a surprise from our audience. Yay! Very good. And if you like the show, please consider rating us and reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, that would be a really useful. If you don't like it, um, consider doxing us or cancelling us or, um, AJ, what else? Getting you fired, maybe? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Just, well, just yeah. Just. Well, we, we said what we said, so. Yeah, we did. I said all that stuff about. Um, you said mad shit and I liked it. How women, <laughs> what women need. All right. Until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. I'm not Mama's little girl no more. I just took a little time to grow. My hands wandered over those new breasts of mine and across my thighs and into that new valley between my thighs where first a gentle down and then a rich, soft fleece was growing, hiding a secret place that I barely thought about.